OG Podcast Network presents. Welcome to Fireside. First off, welcome to Fireside. We'll be talking comic books the entire time. Ain't going nowhere, so dry your eyes. Already lasted longer than fireflies. Stay tuned, Mickey's got the creepiest news. From books to TV, the movie reviews. Plus the next toy, baby, here we choose. Even the superhero fight club, we usually lose. So pop in those earbuds, turn up those speakers. Feel my power, earth too. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another issue of Fireside Chats. I'm your host, Menti. And with me, as always, are my wonderful sidekicks first. What's going on, baby Huey? What's going on? I just took it from you. I stole it. And then beep you, Mauer. Baby Huey'd me. Wanda! That's <laughs> like Wilma, but not. <laughs> well, then fine. You want me to do the Flintstones? I mean... All right. Yes. Everybody at home, please turn down. I'm going to plug my ears. Yeah! That's pretty good. Even with my ears plugged. That's pretty good. Look at that waveform. <laughs> <laughs> so, somebody's speakers just popped. Uh, <laughs> We Sorry are not responsible that. for payments. Well, Mauer is. But uh, all right. If you're new around here, welcome to the Saturday show where we don't talk about news. The news. <laughs> like, what, do, you, do you think this joke's going to get funnier with time? <laughs> the first yeah. time it was funny because I didn't expect it. Now I was like, <laughs> he's going to just say news. <laughs> I, I am. <laughs> you checking out on this one, buddy? A little bit. Yeah, I can tell. It's the breakdown ones. I tend to check out on those. Well, let's okay. So it's a lot of you talking and me going. Mm-hmm. A listener, mm-hmm. um, a listener asked mm-hmm. if we would do a breakdown on Spawn. Mm-hmm. So guess what we're doing? All right, Yoda. I know. I was, please don't. Mm. That Ew. sounded mm. awful. I don't know why, but that sounded <laughs> awful. Oh yeah. But yeah. So Phil wanted us to do Spawn, so we're doing Spawn. Beep you, Phil. I have no idea who you are. I just. <laughs> if you haven't listened to the show before this yeah i feel like if you if you making a request you've heard the show before uh yeah so you know that beep you is a term of endearment but to be very honest i i mean i don't see um i don't see doing spawn as a negative especially with all the press coming out with the with the movie on its way and how dark that's going to be well the movie that's been on its way for about a decade now but <laughs> um yeah let's uh let's break down spawn let's break down let's talk about the other movie too the other Spawn the fr- movie? Yeah, the real Spawn movie, the one that was released. Oh, the actual Spawn movie, the only Spawn movie. Or like, the, let's talk about the HBO show. The HBO let's show. Just, okay, before we even get into that, let's just talk about Todd McFarlane for a second. Todd really, McFarlane. Because, I mean, Todd, we, I mean, Todd's been an important part of probably our lives for a while. I mean, it's weird to say, but be honest. Yeah, it is weird. He's been a very important part of our childhoods. Yes, he like, is. I... I remember having to sneak and watch the Spawn live action or no, the Spawn uh, animated show on At HBO. Like midnight, right? And I had to like sneak downstairs and turn it on because like I wasn't allowed to watch they that. Turned it on my room. Well, Ooh, look at me. I know, yeah. right? Privileged. My, my parents cared. Um, <laughs> um, I didn't even have a room. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, that was all. I mean, I was wasn't rented. Stimpy was a problem. Beavis and Butthead was a problem. Oh wow, you really were yeah, I was wow. sheltered. Yeah, I wasn't allowed. To, I mean, no, I, I watched them, but that I wasn't silver suppo- spoon really wasn't made you down. Supposed to watch them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's pretty incredible when you think of how much influence that dude's had on us. 
Well, and the fact that he did this himself. So all of the money from everything. Well, not even just not even getting into Spawn, just the amount of rejection letters that guy got before getting into uh, before getting into the comic world. Like he would just yeah. he would send in his artwork. He got shot down a lot of times. Eventually, someone from DC said, "Hey, would you uh, instead of sending us uh, an image like of a of a you know a drawing, send us an actual comic strip?" So he wrote something called the Coyote, which was like a really bad story <laughs> uh, but it, it showed what he was capable of uh, and then he got the chance to do uh, art for Batman uh, when he first broke in he got to do art for Hulk when he first broke in but which that he, the popularity of the books that he did put him on Spider-Man and that's really where his claim to fame came and then I got to Spider-Man <laughs> yeah. uh, and when he did Spider-Man he became so wildly popular that he actually helped set a precedent for how Artists are treated because you go back to the Howard the Duck days when um, who was the Howard the Duck? Well, with the Howard the Duck movie coming out and the lawsuit happening, or with the guy who originally created him. Yeah, because before name. that, and we talked about this off the show. Um, with those characters was right around the time where Marvel, no matter who creates the character, the first person to draw the character and the first person to write on that issue are given creators' rights. Right, but, but creators' rights before the Howard the Duck thing didn't really exist. No. I mean, before the Howard the Duck lawsuit, like, you didn't own that character. You were contracted. Because you were always hired guns. Right, that was it. Um, so the, the creators' bill like, of rights came around like after Golden. that lawsuit. But where, <laughs> where things changed for Todd McFarlane was that he was so wildly popular that he was being he was getting paid the same on a book that was selling millions of copies was getting the same kind of pay that somebody who made a book that sold 5000 copies. So he was like, "Wait a second, hold on. I'm not uh, like my name is what's bringing a lot of people to this book." And so he was like, "All right, forget that. My him, uh, Jim Lee, uh, Rob Liefeld and like two other people bounced. Yeah, out. And they created Image Comics and Image Comics needed a flagship character. So everybody kind of created their own books, all created own. They could do whatever they want with them, uh, but they didn't have that character, right? There's a bunch that came out, but there was one that stood above everybody and that was Spawn. Savage Dragon. Unfortunately, no. <laughs> Savage Dragon, although really popular, did nowhere near Spawn. Like Spawn, Spawn broke records for how many books an independent comic sold. Was it 1.7 million? You're saying Savage Dragon really weird. Savage Dragon? No. That Spawn name. No. <laughs> now, Did I you remember, not like Spawn? I loved both I feel of like them. you would love Spawn. Yeah, I loved Spawn. I loved Savage. I loved Image. Because back then, Image, when you read the books, you knew there was a future. Because they weren't going to cancel themselves. Um, I remember when Spawn first came out and having a character. Yeah, one point, yeah I just checked it. It's 1.7 million copies. Having a character from hell and the art style of Todd McFarlane with the super detailed gore and gruesomeness of it was different than anything else I ever read. But at the same time, it cherry-picked from all of the things from every anti-hero that anyone's ever loved. I mean, he's, like, he's part Wolverine. He's part Punisher. He's part Hellraiser. Or not Hellraiser. He's part um, Ghost Rider. Right. Like he's, he's just a smidge of everything with a lot of Todd McFarlane on top. You know what I mean? Like, and it was, it was great. Oh, it was outstanding. And it was, it was cool. But like when I say smidge of Wolverine, other than like the healing factor of Spawn, we, when he showed up, he was just in an alleyway and nobody knew what the hell was going on. He didn't know what was going on. Like right. the whole book, it took a while for us to get the Spawn origin because he had to piece it together uh, bit by bit. Very similar to, to a Wolverine story. Um, so where did Spawn come from? 
Well, Spawn, was it like his original, we needed a character, so we just came up with him? No, Spawn. Uh, Todd McFarlane was working on Spawn at the age of sixteen. That's sixteen. How the original art for Spawn was he was sixteen years old. He's had that old as Baby Huey is now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I find that wildly interesting about how long he's had this character in his back pocket. Which There's also, something more interesting than the fact that when he was sixteen, it was the fact that the art he drew when he was sixteen was almost a pretty much complete it's spawn. pretty close. If you change the head from the Spider-Man ripoff to the spawn head and add a skull to the belt, it's, it's done. It's pretty, yeah. I mean, it's, I'll put it in the, sh- the comments so you can see what we're talking about. Um, but the problem with Spawn is that it just got so heavy-handed. Like, the, the world-building aspect of Spawn just became so much. I mean, it's like, as far as independent comics are concerned, I mean, this dude... When you think of like top superheroes of all time and like every list you can find, Spawn's like the only non DC Marvel character that's. And he's normally like number seven. Well, uh, sometimes he's like 50, but still, even that is pretty impressive when you think of the the array of characters that we've gotten from both Marvel and DC over the years. But Spawn has always been on that list, and yet still one of the top selling independent books ever made. And his origin is basically Punisher crossed with Ghost Rider. Kind of, yeah. And yeah. you can see those influences there. So he was a mercenary. Al Simmons. Died. So he, was, he, he protected the president, and that put him in a higher level of the CIA. And when he was in the CIA, um, when he got to those higher levels with Jason Wynn? Yes. I believe that's what the guy, the, I think it's the, the bad guy, his mentor turned bad guy, um, put him onto some more, I don't want to say risque, because that's not the right word, but brutal And he wasn't aware that they were off book. Right. So he was, yeah. Well, what really what turned him is that he found out that he realized that Wynn was, was extra brutal when he didn't need to be and truly enjoyed it. So he enjoyed inflicting as much pain on whoever his enemies were. And that really kind of turned Al's stomach a little bit. And he tried to start backing away. He even wanted to retire. And that's when Wynn was portrayed by the great Martin Sheen in the movie. He was indeed. And, there, and actually, the, character, the next character, Chapel, um, who is one of his good friends, Ended up killing Al. And when he kills Al, Al ends up going to hell immediately for killing people while he was in the CIA, CIA knowing that they were innocent. And he goes to hell and you meet Mount Bolgia, who you believe is the devil for the longest time. For the longest time. For the longest time. time the fifth, fifth level of hell or whatever the hell it was called. Um, and Mal Bolger says, he was like, I'll do anything you want if you can get me, get me back to Earth to see Wanda one last time, see his wife one last time. So he says, sure, turns him into a hell spawn, which we'll find out what that is later, sends him up to Earth five years later. <laughs> yeah, you're going to see her, but a little yeah. bit's happened. Little, yeah, little, and, he's, and he's also decrepit. Like, he's, he's, his skin's he's all burnt. Well, you know, you know why his skin was burnt? It's a really weird reason. Hell? No. <laughs> no, no. So, he, so Tom McFarlane didn't believe there was enough black characters, black superheroes at the time, because uh, there weren't. Um, but he didn't want the book to be about race, and he didn't want that to play a major role. So when he came back to Earth, the reason he was burned is they didn't want it, he didn't want people to say, oh, that's just the black superhero. Ah, and so it's weird. It's a weird little tidbit to it, which is kind of weird because also like the first time he decides to give himself a look, he becomes a white blonde guy. You know what I mean? Because that's one of the spawns abilities is to shape shift. But of course, like that was way later when he was trying to blend in and be espionage. Right. No, nope. First couple issues. Really? First couple issues, he goes to see Wanda. Remember, he doesn't remember who he is, so he's starting to piece things together, and he remembers Wanda. So he goes and finds Wanda. And there's an old, decrepit white guy that's he, teaching him? Uh, no, not yet. 
Oh, no. Nope, he didn't show up. That's in the movie. Oh, sorry. Uh, he eventually shows up in the comics, <laughs> but not for a while. In the mo- the first person you see is um is Clown, is Violator. And Clown, you don't know he's Violator yet. He just is really grotesque, and he just talks about all the different ways he could kill Spawn. But he, remember, <laughs> he's fat little John Leguizamo Clown. Now, that's one of the characters that the actor portraying him in that bad movie oh, overtook I, the role. And now whenever I read, you hear John Leguizamo. You hear John Leguizamo. Oh, absolutely. So he's a, a blonde-haired, ponytail-wearing white so guy. So he goes to see Wanda, and he realizes that Wanda is now married to his best friend at the time, as well as has a kid, which he was never able to give her because he wasn't able to have children. So he decides, which is kind of a cool moment, to just walk away because she's happy, which you don't see in comics. <laughs> like, that's not a thing wow, you see. That's, that's he a just different. literally walks away. So Wanda still plays a very big role and is a very big, important part to his life, but really where Spawn gets crazy- Is she married to his best friend? Yes. Didn't I say that? Literally just said that. I know. I was. You just want to be a part of this? Just trying to be. Words. (laughs) Let me have my moments. Spawn. Okay. So Spawn is powered by what's called necroplasm. That's that green goo that falls out of him. And the way that he works is that the suit that he wears is has like the symbiotic relationship. It's like called the, it's got a weird name. It's like the K7 Letha. I think that's how you say it. Um, And that suit. Um, is part of him. Part, it's like this. Well, yes, it's got a symbiotic relationship with him that's it's connected to his nervous system and feeds off that necroplasm. And the more he uses it, the more it feeds. The whole thing with him is that if he uses all of the necroplasm, he goes back to hell. So he Can doesn't he get more necroplasm. Nope. I mean, eventually, yes. But in the whole, <laughs> the whole point of it was that he couldn't. So in the beginning, it was like you have a finite amount. That's why of this. he used guns. That's why he still used guns even in that suit is because he didn't want to use the suit. Otherwise, he was going to get sent back to hell because in the beginning when he's finding out about, I mean, because we haven't even talked about the plan of Malboja when he decides whether or not he's going to fight Malboja or stay with him. Violator's whole point is to try and force him to use his abilities because he's the first good spawn. He's the yeah. Well, no, not <laughs> really, because you had because there was a pirate spawn. There's medieval spawn. There was like the crusade spawn. There's a bunch of spawns um, and they were all good. They're all awesome. Yeah. Pirate Spawn, dude. Come Pirate on. Spawn. I have that action figure. Yeah. Pirate Arr. Spawn. And a Dark Dark Crusade Spawn. Yeah. Dope. Medieval Spawn, I loved. And he was brought up pretty early. I actually have a Medieval Spawn first yeah. appearance type signed by Tom McFarlane. One of my favorites. What? I do. Look I, at you. I got a couple cool things. Um, <laughs> but Is that your grab to go box? It is in my grab. Yeah. In case of fire, grab box and run yeah. box. Yep. Nice. It is. Let's start the fire. Mauer started the fire And I grabbed his box of Grab First Things Run comics <laughs> You grabbed his box? Please don't grab my box <laughs> I already have um, It's true um, <laughs> Anyway Going back into it um, The necroplasm is what makes spawn a spawn Is what makes a hell spawn what they are And that's why his cape is able to symbiotic And all the pieces of him all comes from that suit And that so, suit later is retconned That it's actually created from all of his victims But that's like two, uh, issue oh, wow. 250 something So let's also talk that he is a hell spawn Yes It's not just him He's not the only one with that suit and those powers No No it's a it's, but He's the first to like really put people to the test Like Angela Um <laughs> who is now a Marvel character, which I don't know how much time we got to have to get into that. But when she was first introduced, she, she killed like 30 Hellspawns. And the first time she goes against Al Simmons, she has to run for her life. That's the only time that she's ever had to run. Well, you so, have to remember, he's also, he was... She's an angel, by the way. Let's get into the right, Malbolgia thing, because I feel right. like we have to talk about religion in this. Because religion plays a very important role. It's... Space Christ! Mm, my kind, mm. uh, <laughs> 
So Malbolgia, you think, is the devil forever, but the devil actually exists. This is where I started to fall out of spawn because this became too much for me. But the devil and God are brother, essentially brother and sister. Like they're not brother and sister, but they have like a sibling rivalry and they were given earth and, and they bickered so much about it that all they really want to do, the reason why he created humanity was because God made the perfect place to live and was bored by it. So he made something that was, um, that was flawed. And then the devil used that to then start building his army to go up against heaven. But they're just one of many beings that are all underneath the mother of, of existence. I believe that's the name or mom or something. The man of miracles. It's got a weird, a lot of weird names, but it's like this end all being the real God. Really? Essentially. Yeah. The God behind the God. But the, just like killers. we have hell spawns, you have angels for heaven and they, that's like their version of hell spawns. Um, and Spawn is supposed to, his, his whole goal for being on Earth is to get more people for Malbolge's army. So while he's killing all of these horrible people, and by the way, Spawn's brutal. Spawn, like, wild, like, brutally murders people. They all then Let's become... Let's talk about Billy Kincaid's murder. Right. Well, they, they all become... Spawns. Not spawns, but they become part of the army of hell. So every time he kills somebody, they become part of the army of hell. But if he doesn't kill them, then he's letting wicked people survive. So there's the catch 22. So he doesn't quite know what he needs to do. And eventually he thinks he has all the answers. This is when I gave up on Spawn. Because the only way to kill a hell spawn is what, you know? Decapitate it. Yeah. So he blows his own head off. Huh. And then a new spawn is born. And I'm like, I don't care. I have, <laughs> I have a bad thing when you pass the mantle to a person in like one issue and you haven't set it up. So like oh, a, wow. Yeah, That's so a dude all of a sudden just wakes up from like a coma and he becomes the new spawn. And then Al Simmons comes back as a bad guy later on and he's like trying to wreck the world. And then even later on, they bring him back. Who was writing the book at the time? Uh, was not McFarlane. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's a good question. I really don't know. I wonder if McFarlane was like, do this because I don't want you screwing up my character anymore. Ooh. And I can always bring him back later. You want to hear kind of a cool fact, though? You know that uh, a... I forget how many issues in. It was like... I don't want to guess. It's a, it's pretty far in, but you know that he had that big gash across his face that he tied together up. with his. You know where where that came from? No. He took a batarang to the face in the crossover with Batman. Oh yeah. And it's the only time that a crossover book has had a, a lasting influence on a comic. So the, really? the I forgot big about gash that. in his face that he tied together with a shoestring was caused by him taking a batarang to the face with his crossover with Batman. Wow. Isn't that cool? That's really cool. I also remember when the costume changed. There was a huge backlash when he went from the comic-y, like, red and blue, looking like a superhero in spandex costume to the more, I guess, dark horror costume. Well, that's what he is. He's a horror character. He truly is. But the people that were reading it at the time really got upset for a long time, and there was, like, people that, I want the, the classic costume. And then it, it did go away because you're like, oh, okay, I guess he is a Hellspawn, and it makes more sense. Uh, but I have both action figures, and I don't know which one. I like better because the classic one, it's a very iconic costume, like that red and blue. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then the black and white one still looks very similar, but it's definitely when they started going off like, hey, we're successful. We don't have to appeal to a comic fan audience. We can do our own thing, which is what that first costume was like. Hey, look, we're still a, it's still a superhero book. And then it became much more I, but I like, I'm not a toy guy, as you both know, but I do remember buying Spawn action figures that came with the Spawn comics. And mm -hmm. I remember trading the comics. I remember giving people the toy for the comic because that's what I cared about more. <laughs> we would do the reverse what we would do. Yeah. Can we uh, get that toy? Yeah, I would have, I would have gladly gone, here you go. <laughs> what, um, what was your first uh, introduction to him? 
uh, my first introduction yeah. to Spawn. Um, probably the cartoon. Um, and really? Before yeah. the movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the cartoon movie, came out the movie, before. the cartoon came out right around the same time. Cartoon was first, though. Uh, Pretty yeah. sure the cartoon was first. If it was first I was at the, I was at the, watch. like, this is where things get weird. I was at the premiere of the movie. Really? Yeah. Did I ever tell you the story when mm. I made, when I made fun of, um, when I made fun of Chris Farley? No. I never what? told you this? No. Okay. So I'm. More silver my, spoons with John Menton. I'm really young at this point. <laughs> really, really young. So this is when my dad's doing Access Hollywood. Uh, and I'm, I was in a spawn and that's where I got some of the action figures. I supposedly got to meet Tom McFly. I don't remember any of this, but I do remember going to uh, the theater and Charlie Sheen was there. Everybody's there. And I'm sitting in my seat and Chris Farley comes in very obviously on drugs. Like, <laughs> he's wearing sunglasses. No, he's wild. He's doing the Chris Farley thing. But he comes in with two women who are very tall. And they have like the Marge Simpson kind of hair where it's like really high up. <laughs> and so in front of me is the two women and then next to them is Chris Farley. Right. Okay. So they're sitting in front of a little child who probably shouldn't be seeing Spawn to be on the first place, to be very honest. <laughs> um, but I look over at my dad and mind you, again, Chris Farley's going crazy. I look over at my dad and I go, why do the big people always got to sit in front of us? <laughs> Meaning tall. Yeah. But Chris Farley turns around, lowers his sunglasses, looks at me in the face. Puts his sunglasses back on and doesn't move the rest of the movie. I felt so bad because <laughs> that was my only interaction with Chris Farley. And, and you called him fat. I called him fat. And he was very sensitive about that. Good Apparently job. he was because, he, again, he didn't move for the rest of the movie. The, uh, he just stared at you? No, he just he literally turned back, looked at me dead in the face, turned right back around and then sat still for the entire movie. Even though before that wild flip like like crack you you i ruined his, his high yeah i ruined his night the animated series came out three months before the movie wow i remember watching it afterwards no i remember i remember the, that cartoon quite a bit actually you know what my my first introduction might have been medieval spawn i remember spawn number one like i remember image being a big thing i remember going out and buying every image number one I remember sending them off with people because back then you would have comic shops go to comic cons, and I remember getting a whole bunch of stuff signed by the collectors. Well, mind the, you, the at creators. that time, mom wasn't cool with me watching or doing any of this stuff. Dad didn't care. <laughs> like dad took me to the premiere of the movie. You know what I mean, but he, mom, was, he was cool, but, dad. But mom was like, nah. Because <laughs> um, like you remember the first card, the first episode of the cartoon with Chapel and like sex. Oh and my God. boobs everywhere. I mean, mm -hmm. and how good was that? Ep like that show. That might, like, okay, top cartoons, we always say X-Men, we always say Batman the Animated Series, we always say the Teen Titans, well, you don't say Teen Titans, but everybody else does. I might put Spawn above most of them. Spawn was good. Like, didn't have the right to be as good as it was. It didn't have, like, a cool soundtrack, too? It might have. Um, it might have. Uh, but you also, uh, one other show we all love, Gargoyles. Remember Gol uh, Goliath? That's the voice of, uh, of him in the animated show, Keith David. Oh, if you see Keith David's face, you're going to know him from like 30 things. Yeah, yeah. he's in everything. But, um, but his voice is perfect. So let's talk about the movie for a little bit. Michael Ja White. Michael Ja White needs to come back. I don't want, I don't want, no, 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 no. No, Jamie Foxx. No, nah, get Jamie Foxx out of here. Get Michael Ja White back. I want, I want, what's his name? Bronze Tiger? Bring back Bronze Tiger. Tiger, yeah. Um, here's a fun fact about that Spawn movie. Originally, Industrial Light and Magic was signed up to do the special effects for it, but hmm. they couldn't afford them. Really? You could tell. So the head of an industrial light and magic at the time, Stephen Spaz Williams, left 
Industrial Light and Magic to do that project all as the head of it to start his own company. The amount of money and time he put into the cape, that technology was used up until recently for water for almost every CGI. Wow. Dude, that cape is so iconic, though. Because he spent so much time, the ripples, of it was the best part of the movie, I feel, was the CGI for the, the cape. cape. was its own character. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, I mean, that's true for Spawn, though. That's what's so cool about Spawn, all of Spawn's, uh, like, that suit in general. The, the way that it defends him is incredible. Yeah. So, and mind you, when, when I say, like, in the beginning, Spawn was just, like, shot energy beams. Like, he shot the, the necroplasm beams that he hit. He shapeshifted. He was very strong. Like, dude picked up a building and just tossed it. Like, really strong. So um, there he was can Hulk. technically fly and teleport. Like, he could, the amount of, he became a Doctor Strange kind of character. Where like every three or four issues, some crazy new power came out, and he didn't know about it. Didn't like, yeah. All of a sudden, because he's still learning what he can do as well. So that's another like when he picked up guns in the beginning, because it really it's only new. And that was what I think was cool about the movie is, as bad of a movie as it was, it was also very good. It's so good at the time, but it has no rewatchability. If you uh, watch that movie now, you're like, oh god, what's <laughs> wrong with me? But they have a lot of really cool elements from the comic condensed into that one movie like him not knowing how to use his powers him using guns him having the limited you know necroplasm. That, that's another movie or that's another area of spawn where there's a um a lawsuit that goes against it really mm-hmm. that's why they couldn't use chapel that's why it was temple was the uh the bad guy the girl that kills him really instead of his best friend remember chapel was yeah. in, in the movie it's temple but they couldn't use chapel because of a lawsuit same reason why they lost angela they lost angela over a lawsuit with neil gaiman because Neil Gaiman was co-creator in it. Mm-hmm. And Neil Gaiman said, no, that's, that's mine. And, and then uh, he sold it to Marvel and just me- to be a the dick. the moment he got the rights, he was like, Marvel, you want this? And then, boom, she pops up in Guardians of the Galaxy. You're like, what the hell? He literally you- only wanted the character so that Todd could no longer use it. Yeah. Jeez. Neil Gaiman's kind of a dick, though. <laughs> You'd be they, perfect friends with him. I mean, if, I feel like everybody kind of is. <laughs> like every, it's the, your character. You want to do what you want with it. Well, but it was... A co-created well, he, character. Todd McFarlane also had a bad habit of, of naming his characters based on real people in his life. That's true. That's probably where the chapel problem came from. I didn't look too much into this, but I have a feeling that's where the problem came from. He had a habit of naming people. Like, if you knew him, you might have been in his book. Wow. So, <laughs> in the movie, there was supposed to be a sequel. Yeah, it didn't do well. It didn't do well at all. <laughs> that movie bombed. Now, why do you think the movie didn't do well? Because at the time... Because the ending was god-awful. Dude, that ending was so bad. But at the time, that movie had all, all the things you needed for a blockbuster. It looked great, but... Mm. Martin Sheen? I mean, come on. They did not like, promote it? No, it, I it, can't remember it, it got promotion. Like, so it had the Trip Like I Do yeah. song. They had the music videos. The album did well. Hmm. The album did real well because it was like heavy metal mixed with uh, industrial. So why did it bomb then? Uh, one, it wasn't well received for the actual story of the movie. I wonder why. But two, Shit feels rushed. Comic movies were geared towards kids back then, and kids couldn't see it, so it missed a huge target audience. This is okay. way off, this is way off target, but I don't know why you just reminded me of this. But I feel like Baby Huey might know this movie. Baby Huey, do you remember the the kangaroo kangaroo like ninja, Jack Ninja Turtle esque movie? No. Where there's like five of them and they all have different weapons based on. <laughs> no. I've, no. I've, I've, okay, this is a conversation for outside the show. 
Maybe I'll put a picture of this in the show post too, just to make it make Why sense. Why did you think of that from because this? you were saying that they were geared towards kids, and that was right around the same time. And I gotta look this it's up. a it it's a very Baby Huey movie. Like I feel like the only person besides me who would know this is Baby Huey. Baby Huey. Um, but then the cartoon did well, but HBO wasn't as readily available back then. It was a very expensive service. And again, a cartoon. No, you're right. I didn't see the cartoon first because the cartoon I saw with my cousin, and that was here in PA, and I was in California when I first found out about Spawn. So no, I found out from Spawn by toys and comics more before anything else. Um, so MTV at the time had the Max and all the liquid television stuff. HBO wanted a piece of that market, but people weren't paying for HBO just to get a cartoon that they were looking at. Well, cartoons are for kids. So the adults weren't watching it, but they weren't going to let kids watch it because it had nudity. Mm -hmm. So that cartoon, as well received as it was, wasn't enough and didn't stay I around long. I loved the cartoon. It was, it was great. I so, think that was like my first real introduction to it. Yep. So I want a Spawn movie. Yes. Badly. I, I want to see Todd McFarlane's vision for Spawn because it sounds really good. The spawn in the shadows and a detective story and and using Jaws as like the inspiration of it. I always want to hear Todd do his like TED talk again. <laughs> I don't know. Like, New York. I'm a little I'm a little suspect of that. I'm a little suspect of the Jaws idea because the Jaws concept means that he's not in it much, and I don't want to just see horror scenes. I want to see Spawn. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't want to just see aftermath after aftermath after aftermath. You know what I mean? I don't want just Twitch. Getting a payoff at the end, I think, be okay. For, yeah. the, for the first movie. Maybe, if, if done well, but it's kind of be done really well. Because you're, what you're doing is you're taking the focal point of the story, and you're making him a side character, forcing the side characters to now become the focal point. And they're not that interesting. Sam, Sam and Twitch, right? And then their names? Yeah. I think they're interesting. Again. Writing. As long as the writing's there. It's true. You're telling me as a writer you wouldn't be able to make that interesting? I mean, maybe, but I wouldn't <laughs> want to. I'd go, no, I want to do Spawn. <laughs> I don't want to draw it in the black costume, the red and blue costume. Oh, sorry. I don't blame him. <laughs> um, I would like to see this be a trilogy. Like, okay, what, what did you say earlier was this for the last show where we were talking about Deceased? Oh, yeah. And you were saying the guy who wrote it. The writer, it. which we didn't mention on the last show, the, the writer for Deceased said, the second I got the book, Batman was dead. That's the kind of, like, the moment somebody says you're, you, get, you get to write the Spawn movie, and then they go, but Spawn can't be in it? I don't want to write this movie. It's true. <laughs> I think it could be done well. Have the third act be your Spawn payoff. You obviously have a vision for it, and I'm going to allow that vision to play out. I'm not like I have a choice. but I'm gonna, that, <laughs> like, but I'm, So I'm going to be on board for the vision of it. But the, conceptually, I'm not, I would go a different direction. He can't direct it, though. I, I, he's never directed anything. To pull that off, you need, he's either got to be a savant in directing, or he needs somebody that knows what the hell they're doing to pull that off right. Oh, let's hope his DP is great. He gets a great director of photography. I think he'd be okay. If they get the storyboard right, because you know he'll storyboard he'll, it. He'll storyboard it. And, his, and the dude knows how to storyboard. He's been writing comics forever. All right. <laughs> True. So all he now needs to do is make the storyboard real. And if you, get a, good, if you get a good DP. <laughs> Dialogue. Dialogue. If you get a good DP, you can pull that off. Because a DP could just say, hey, let's shoot it from over here. Dialogue. What, you don't think he could shoot the dialogue? I scenes? don't think he could write the dialogue. Well, 
you're you're the one who's like, you can't make Sandwich Witch interesting. Well, that's what he's gonna try. <laughs> well, I and forgot do. that he's writing, directing, co-starring, producing, financing. He's trying to do everything. He's actually Jamie Foxx. <laughs> <laughs> Pulls off the mask. It was me the whole time. Uh, no, uh, I would love to see it. I don't think we are. I don't think we're going to. You don't think the Spawn movie's coming out? I don't think we're going to get the Deadpool 10 years later. We get it. I think it's no one wants to give him money. Do you think so? Isn't, didn't Blumhouse pick it up? And didn't they shelve it again? I mean, it, that's news to me. Is that true? I Huey. Think, I don't. Huey. I don't think any movement has happened on it because he can't get everybody to agree. Well, he, he did say he'd walk away if he couldn't get what he wanted, but I thought it was still moving forward with Blumhouse. Uh, we'll see. Um, Spawn's definitely a cool character. It's not something that kids should read. No. Uh, part of the coolest thing about it is how it walks the line. Have you ever seen the fan-made Spawn movie that, was take, that takes place in the um, grocery store? No. It is one of the greatest things. The best, one of the best fan films I've ever seen. I'll put it in the show post. You can all talk about it in the, in the comments. But I'm telling you right now, as far as fan films are concerned, it's one of the coolest things that, like, it, it, like what's your favorite fan film? Can you think of one off the top of your head? I don't. I, I'd I've say only seen Thomas two. Jane's. That's the, one I, of the two I've, I've seen. I'd put it up with Thomas Jane's. I've seen Batman versus the Aliens. Which is pretty good. Dead end. And then I've seen Thomas Jane Dirty Laundry. I'd say I'd put this up there with those. Um, yeah, it is with uh, Blumhouse, like you said. And then supposedly as of right now, it's a matter of money and different creative visions, according to Todd McFarlane. Yeah, Todd tweeted, he's like, they're giving me pushback on a few things, and then requoted himself, if I don't get what I want, I can walk away. So. I mean, it's his character. He obviously has a vision for it. I feel, I, I feel, I feel like somebody's going to give in. A Lionsgate's going to come out and go, fine, here's money. Because any way you cut it, even if the movie is garbage, it's going to make a lot. Know who needs to give him money? Netflix. And say, listen, we'll turn it into a series. Ooh. That would be cool. Imagine be eight good. episode seasons. That would be cool. And he could do the whole first six episodes. Honest, so you don't see him. What they should do is not Netflix. HBO Max. Ooh, they would sign, and they HBO already have Max, a history with them. Bring, bring it back on HBO? Oh, yeah. yeah that's and they can make... Th all right, we have the marketing campaign. <laughs> you do the marketing campaign as if you're bringing back the animated series and little tidbits, and then bam, right at the end, you see a live-action spawn just kind of drip down into the screen and then go away. And then Todd go, finally! <laughs> <laughs> finally! Um, no, spawn's a great character. Uh, Spawn is a lot of fun. It just gets so convoluted with the... the yeah, you have, like you said, aspects of everything. You've got Spider-Man in there. You've got Wolverine. If you like any of the anti-heroes from Marvel... Minus Spider-Man, because not an anti-hero. Well, <laughs> the, the black... Uh, it's true. Black costume Spider-Man. You can't say if you're the villain in someone else's story, you know what I'm saying, baby Huey? <laughs> the, the black costume Spider-Man. I want to write... I want to draw a black costume Spider-Man. <laughs> We're making, I don't want to say making fun. I'm being Todd McFarlane right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, read it. It's great. No, it really is. It's, it, it deserves its spot on comic book history. I just know, repurchased my issue one again, finally. I think I have two of those. You could have told me that before I spent money on one. I wasn't giving one to you. I see what it's, kind of friends it, we are. It's signed, probably. Dude, I've given you enough. All right. All right. All right. All right. Bring it down, champ. All right. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> oh baby Huey, do that thing. I was not prepared for that. <laughs> no one ever is. <laughs> we know, we've seen, we've noticed. You can find us everywhere on Welcome 
I forgot it. Wow. Holy crap. It's I'm not sorry, that I haven't hard. done it 400. Everybody <laughs> makes fun of me over here. It's like, whoa. I haven't done it 400 some odd times. That's all right. Come on. Yes, you do. Come on. You want me? Come on. You got me. And Minty, do that thing. You can find the show Welcome to Fireside everywhere online. That's at welcometofireside.com or your social uh, favorite social media of choice or Fireside Crew if you're on Twitter. Once again, we appreciate all the comments, the likes. We appreciate the rating, the subscriptions, all of it. Thank you so much. Once again, I'm Minty. I'm Baby Huey. And I'm Mr. Mauer. Don't forget, we are still looking for writers. A few people have gotten their email correspondence from us and you should be seeing articles up on welcome to fireside soon so from all of us here at fireside hope you're enjoying your thanksgiving weekend and have a great time listening (laughs) that was so cheesy deuces deuces excelsior